Hello, 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 and welcome to another week's episode of Not D&D, which is brought to you by EM World Live. I'm your host, Jessica, and this week with me, I have Ivris Burke. Thanks so much for coming on to join us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, now, I was scrolling through Kickstarter the other day, and I saw this graphic, which I found <laughs> super fun, really exciting, drama llamas. I was like, I'm immediately interested. Uh, so I had a look on um, for this tabletop RPG that you're going to be bringing out next year and bringing to Kickstarter then. Uh, and I just had to have you on to come on and talk about it. Um, <laughs> so uh, Drama Llamas is the game we're going to be talking about uh, this week today. Uh, I'm really excited to hear more about it. Um, but before we dig into the game, I always go through guests uh, talking a little bit about you uh, and your kind of origin story <laughs> with the uh, tabletop RPGs. So when uh, did you first start playing tabletop RPGs? And if you can remember what it was you played as well. <laughs> so uh, this is where I come out as a noob. Um, oh no. <laughs> so yeah, I know, terrible. <clears throat> I first played D&D maybe about 10 years ago, but I played it once, uh, mm -hmm. one session. My character died in the first oh. like half hour. And I was like, oh, that's weird, because I'd really wanted to play. And mm -hmm. it was it was a strange experience. It was a new DM. I don't mm -hmm. think the person DMing, I, I remember my character dying and then being like, oh, you're dead. Uh, so that happened. <laughs> we were all like, yeah, yeah. oh, OK. <laughs> um, so that kind of put me off for a little while. Yeah. And then actually through my previous job, I met some people. I'm a software engineer at my day job. And I mm -hmm. met some nerdy people who are into D&D. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we got together in a group and, and played there just a couple of sessions. Um, and yeah, got, got hooked from there. But I'm a massive uh, sort of, well, nerd, obviously, but um, I like to over-prepare for stuff. So I was like, I yeah. want to DM. I want to try running a campaign, but I have to read mm -hmm. the entire player's handbook before I do that. Like, it's a big book. Creating this mm -hmm. like unnecessary obstacle for myself, but that's what I did. I read the entire player's yeah. handbook, and then I got the essentials kit, and then I started running it. And I started running around my first game in person in February 2020. Mm. which was great timing yeah and then uh yeah obviously no more in person after that but I ran sure. that campaign for a couple of years um oh, wow. and then yeah uh also classic me you know became completely fascinated and obsessed and was like oh I I've wanted to play this for ages and now I'm finally playing it and it's yeah. all I can think about and it's all I want to do mm -hmm. and I want to engage with the community and then for me you know, I've always had kind of lots of different creative outlets and I was like, oh, there's people actually creating material for this. And I was like, oh, let me give that a go. So it was kind of uh, an outlet for a kind of frustrated fiction writer, really, that I okay. was yeah. like, oh, I, I can write content for this game and I'm writing stuff for my home mm -hmm. game anyway. And, and then I yeah, got yeah. into it and then got into the community on Twitter, encountered lots of, um, lots of, <clears throat> the other side of the community who are kind of critical of D&D and kind of mm -hmm. feel that it gets, it takes up too much of the market, that there are so many other amazing games to try. And I was yep. immediately sympathetic to that and like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I want to know more about that. So I, yeah, started my journey with discovering 
smaller titles, indie games, mm-hmm. writing my own games, uh, writing stuff not for D and D. So yeah, branching out from there and then starting to introduce my previously D and D players to new games you know, doing the good work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm very much on board for that. If you didn't get that vibe from the podcast here, so uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. It's in the title. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So when, so like you said, things kind of escalated. You're somebody that was like a really big fan of it and then you're like, I have to kind of start making that. So um, Button King Games, what were the first sort of games you started making for that? So, yeah, I wanted to make indie games but I wanted to start small because Mm -hmm. you know all too aware that I didn't have a lot of experience and didn't know exactly what I was doing um started getting involved in game jams over on itch.io um Mm -hmm. and there was this game jam well the first I did was one uh that was art themed you had to pick a work of art and make something based on that and I made this really crunchy like kind of really a board game um <laughs> that is no longer on sale because I'm just a bit like no it wasn't it wasn't it, <laughs> it was yeah um, okay that was the first attempt uh, and then my second attempt was a solo game for a cozy game jam that was supposed to be games that you play preferably solo something on a rainy day to kind of make you feel better mm-hmm. something escapist yeah, something yeah. cheery and I made this game called bumbling about being a baby bumblebee who oh. wakes up in their hive and has to learn the hive dance language and then go out into the world and discover pollen and come back and use the dance language to tell the other bees how to go and find what you found and mm-hmm. encounters animals and different kinds of uh, territory and you kind of draw your map as you're going out and out into the world. Um, So it's a sort of doodling, journaling kind of cute little game. And that actually got quite a lot of attention and traction. So that was really cool and really encouraging early on. And since then I've made, you know, a couple more things, written a couple more things. Um, But the last, you know, six months or so has all been, drama llamas all the time <laughs> since oh, I had this idea and started well, testing it and writing it amazing well let's tr- that's a great transition into us talking about it let's talk about drama llamas um and I'm gonna start because you mentioned um the art was the first thing that kind of caught my eye when I was scrolling through kickstarter seeing all the, the upcoming games uh who, who's doing the art and what was uh, kind of your ideas uh, for it um so I'd already been I already had a couple of versions of the rule set done and like a few play tests done before mm-hmm. I started thinking about art but you mm-hmm. know having attended conventions and you know started buying books myself and, and picking things up it, it's mm-hmm. just impossible to escape how important art is in the tabletop yeah. community in terms of you know not only selling a book but also creating the atmosphere of the book and being clear mm-hmm. about what the the genre and the intention behind the design is so I wanted something very in keeping with you know this game that is ultimately comedy quite silly you know quite a surreal prospect Mm -hmm. I mean to be clear it's a game about you play as a reality tv show contestant who is also a llama and all your friends around the table are also on the same competition and are llamas so of course yeah it's silly and <laughs> surreal and cute, yeah. but also chaotic and funny. So mm-hmm. I wanted a very cartoony style. Um, and I went out looking for artists and I hit on um, Alvaro Torres, who 
has done this art. Uh, that's Alva mm -hmm. Worm on Instagram, if you want to follow mm -hmm. them there. Um, and yeah, as soon as I saw his art style, I was like, oh, this is this is what I need. Like the color, the sense of motion, the sort of, yeah, the the, the joy on that llama's face on the Ninja Warrior one at the end is yeah, just yeah, yeah. like, yeah, like I, you know, a bit of back and forth. I explained what I needed and uh, they asked all the right questions and mm -hmm. I just could not be happier. And of course, if the Kickstarter goes well, then I will be buying more of this art because it's, yeah, yeah it, just the joy that it gave me to have this mm -hmm. art come back. It's the first time I've, you know, my previous things that I've worked on you know I've done the art or my partner who does some art has done things mm -hmm. but we never hired a professional before and you know mm -hmm. the difference that that has made is just it's just joyous I love it I've been splashing it about all over the place because I just mm -hmm. it's exactly what I was looking for and I can't praise Alvaro enough for the work that he's done well, it certainly sparked joy with me as well because it's the thing that caught my eye and uh, made me want to invite you on. So it's definitely working. Um, the, so talking about drama lums, you briefly kind of mentioned, uh, you know, what the game is about there. Um, but if, if, if you know, how do you describe it to people in your little pitch, uh, just just briefly? Uh, yeah, the the pitch is that it's a GM-led storytelling game about mm -hmm. reality TV where you play as a fame-hungry llama who wants to win <laughs> at any cost. Um, the central mechanic is about creating and managing the amount of drama that you create in order to capture the attention of an audience and yeah. succeed in this competition. So it's a it's structured as a competition show um mm -hmm. and every session that you play is an episode of this show um and follows quite a you know a structure taken from shows of that genre uh with challenges and a finale and all this stuff um and dice rolls decide who wins the challenges but there are modifiers based on you know what kind of role you're playing mm -hmm. how much drama you've created whether you've created too much too little you know how you're doing there so yeah. yeah that's the basics I love it it's uh I love the concept of it how did you how did you come up with this idea <laughs> Ooh, um are you just you watching know, the bake-off with a llama or or you know <laughs> oh more like RuPaul's Drag Race I am a drag race girl I am like I am also every season at least yep. twice yeah <laughs> like, yep. yeah yeah, yeah. I uh yeah I think I watch more reality TV than I'm necessarily proud of. Um, you know, <laughs> I think everybody does. Everyone's yeah. got those shows that you're watching. You're like, I know this isn't feeding my mind or my soul mm -hmm. or bringing me new ideas, mm -hmm. but it's great to just sit and watch. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they vary in terms of how good they are for you. Like, I think I would rate Drag Race as being, you know top quality entertainment and has some real heart to it in moments but other things yeah. you know like there's there's a competition show for everything yeah yeah so you know you've got glass blowing competitions jewelry making competitions mm -hmm. you know flower arranging competitions the world is obsessed with these shows mm -hmm. um and I suppose uh inspiration kind of comes from multiple sources as it always does mm -hmm, I mean I've yeah. got a llama hanging here which I didn't I even did. realize 
I did it's, spot them behind a, you, yeah. <laughs> my mother bought me when she was on holiday and I didn't even, I forgot it was kind of there. And somebody was like, oh, the llama. And I was like, oh, yeah, the llamas have been with me all this time. Um, <laughs> They're always in the background waiting. <laughs> always watching. Yeah, so I think I think it's kind of like something, I think I started out thinking of something like, oh, I want to make a one-page RPG, really simple, something like mm-hmm. as simple and effective, effective as like Honey Heist. Sure, And yeah. I was like, okay. But then I tried to make it one page and I was like, no, it's not one page. It's not. It's more like something episodic and trope-heavy like Brindlewood Bay, mm-hmm. uh, which I've been very into recently. Um, and then I was like, okay, but what if you did that kind of trope-heavy, episodic, inspired by the structure of TV shows, but you did it with reality TV, which is a genre yeah. that being real, I know very well. <laughs> like, I, And it just, <laughs> as soon as that kind of clicked, I was like, oh yeah, you could do this and you could do this. It was one of those like, you know, something mm-hmm. clicked into place and then a million lines drew off that. And it was like, okay, there's a lot you can do here. There's a lot because reality TV is so heavily edited and so yeah. formulaic um and it yeah it just felt like something that you could very easily turn into a game that people would recognize the tropes and know what was expected of them which is part of collaborative narrative play people knowing how to fulfill the role in the story Mm -hmm. and knowing what arc they can build you know so how how does that mechanically transfer into the game so what how is the game currently structured so the game is currently structured that you have these characters that you build who are llamas mm-hmm. uh each character will um will instead of having classes like in in most games you have an archetype a reality tv archetype mm-hmm. so there's a few different archetypes like miss congeniality or the hot mm-hmm. mess or you know <laughs> just these characters that you see in reality competition shows yeah. all the time like the really ruthless one the manipulative puppet master type person mm-hmm. um so there's six archetypes that you choose and everybody chooses one um and then essentially what's common in every episode or play session is that you will have mini challenges and a larger cha- challenge mm-hmm. um and you will be introduced to what the challenge is. It's the GM's job to come up with challenge ideas. So say if you were doing a Bake Off inspired one, like I've, sure. had, I've done that before where I've run the first mini challenges, you've got to think of a baked good that your character's going to make that involves grass. Um, <laughs> and yeah. you know, they're given this challenge to focus on, but then you go into this kind of preparation phase where, you know, in theory, your llama is cooking something, but they're also going and interacting with the other llamas, making moves, creating drama. There's various things they can do in those state that stage to kind of create different mm-hmm. levels of drama or, you know, reduce their drama if they've gone too far. There's kind of a scale um, that they're on that they're always tracking how much drama they've created there's a point mm-hmm. on the scale where you're a breakout star, everything's going great for you. Um, but if you create too much drama, you'll go over there and be toxic and that'll give you a minus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically it's that. And then once that phase is over, it then goes into judging and it's the GM's job to play the role of the judges and the host. And you roll to see how you did in the challenge, add modifiers and then, describe the presentation of your grass-based dish 
to the judges <laughs> and you know play out that judging scenario basically and then uh yeah that's the mini challenge and then the bigger challenge is the same but bigger different modifiers and mm-hmm. then um yeah so you have this challenge structure and every mm-hmm. challenge has basically three phases where you have the announcement of the challenge the description mm-hmm. of what your llama is going to be expected to do the yeah. preparation phase where you create some drama together mm-hmm. and this judgment phase that resolves the whole thing and has that touch of creativity where people present their idea for the challenge um and yeah basically you know you have modifiers to your challenge roles that are affected by whether you've created the right level of drama whether you've won previous challenges whether you're in an alliance things like that awesome that sounds really great so you have all the kind of episodic areas and like you say it's very structured for an episode of a show um so do you have like an ideal sort of number of sessions you should run for like a campaign or make it a one shot or how how do you structure it so one shot works perfectly works perfectly Mm -hmm. fine um you can play a game in about two and a half hours if you keep it to Mm -hmm. one mini challenge and one main challenge you could extend Mm -hmm. it and have a couple couple of mini challenges um campaign wise i don't know i think you'd think of it in terms of a season of a tv show you wouldn't go Mm -hmm. more than 10 episodes and i think for this i would say you know, six to eight is maybe the sweet spot, giving time for characters to get to know each other and have, you know, old grievances with each other they can play off of and play mm-hmm. with. And, you know, because there's this potential for characters to ally with each other or sabotage each yeah. other. There's also this role of um, a mechanic we call Deep Dark Secrets, which is oh. you get to pick a secret that your llama has and you gain a benefit from revealing your llama's deep dark secrets um that then yeah like you can reveal one per episode so you can build quite a lot of layers of narrative of the backstory of your llama just on the fly by picking a secret and we've got a list of secrets that you pick from uh basically Mm -hmm. so i would say yeah like a a six to ten uh you know episode arc um and i'll actually be streaming a four episode arc uh, on Girls Run These Worlds over there in February, March. Um, okay, great. <clears throat> so people can see how that goes. We'll actually be doing something interesting over there with it that we won't do in home games. In home mm-hmm. games, um, yeah, it would run differently on stream to a home game, I think mm. is all I'll say. But uh, yeah, I would say, yeah. It's a it's a short campaign and it's mm-hmm. so easy to prep a game of this. Like you just yeah. as a GM, you need to know who your host is, who your judges are, and a, two to three challenges per episode. And mm-hmm. it, a challenge is just a prompt, you know, like a picnic basket where none of the food is made out of what it looks like it's made out of. Like if you're yeah. doing a out themed one or you know, yeah. it's it's just and a guess- short page of notes. Mm. and I guess you just pick the genre of reality tv that you know and like and then it's probably quite easy for you um because yeah. then like you say if you're really into Rupaul's Drag Race yeah um so what so in playtesting what sort of uh competitions have people chosen I, I assume there's been a Drag Race style one with llamas because that sounds delightful we haven't done Drag Race we haven't done Drag Race there's um, no drag done... llamas <laughs> not yet uh gonna have to at some point yeah um so I think, uh, yeah, what have we done? The first one we did like a survivor type thing, 
which was okay, quite fun because yeah. it was a one shot. So I had them on like a volcanic island and a volcano exploded at the end and it was just all very silly. <laughs> Peak drama, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I've done a sort of Bake Off style one that we called Great Llamas Baking Stuff. Um, we've done Inventors, did one with a group who wanted to be inventors and have, you know, the challenges were everyday problems to solve. Like I think one of the challenges was, oh, when you're at a party and you have a plate of food and a drink, and then you also want to check your phone, how are you going to do all these things? And it's, it's the challenges only have to be simple and it gives the players space to be mm -hmm. creative and weird in the way that their, their weird character would approach this or how a llama would approach this problem. Um, so yeah, it's quite a, uh, yeah, the inventors one was funny. That was with a, a group of friends. They've yeah. all been pretty, pretty daft and, and fun, honestly. <laughs> I think um <clears throat> well part of the aims of the game is just to leave a lot of space for role play. Like this is a role yeah. player's game. This is a game mm -hmm. for people who want to play a larger than life character and interact with other characters. And the mechanics mm -hmm. exist just enough to drive that and kind of yeah. leave everything else out. So yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds to me like a rules light, really fun, you know, tabletop RPG. One of those ones that's giving you prompts and and something to just pick up and run with and, you know, with your llama. And I think the fact that you're playing a llama in a reality TV show gives you permission to be silly and be a bit yeah. more because it's, you know, it's <clears throat> not like you're you're being a person in a really serious setting. And you're like, oh, I don't know if this is allowed. <laughs> the, the llama thing, 100% lightens the tone of something mm -hmm. that could become quite because you know in reality reality tv people are really not nice to each other on those shows yeah, it can and, get quite catty yeah <laughs> yeah and it's important that when you're playing a game with your friends that you can dip into that to the extent that you're having a fake fight and that's fun and kind of mm -hmm. like releases some tension in some ways but yeah. never to the point where you're bringing anything real into it or never to yeah. the point where you're um actually being cruel or mimicking real world sort of mm, power dynamics or issues so making it llamas just means that it keeps everything it it it's kind of stops i find people playing total self inserts the way that mm -hmm. people get tempted to do in every game you know i'm going to play basically yeah. an aspect of myself i mean you are an aspect of yourself no matter what character you're playing but if you're a llama yeah. it's hard to take personal offence when somebody, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I've never been personally offended by a llama. So, I, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, <laughs> so, um, as we mentioned before, the game is coming to Kickstarter in early uh, next year, 2023. Uh, you've got the Kickstarter um, like pre-launch page on, so I've clicked there to be notified when it launches. So, uh, link's there on the screen if you're watching. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the show notes so you can click there so you can be notified when it launches next year um so where you mentioned you're in the stage of like play testing so so where are you at with the game at the moment in terms of are you in the middle of play testing <clears throat> are there any tricky bits you're working through you could share with us or um uh, let's see um i'm hoping we're near the end of play testing okay but i think you'll hear a lot of designers say that before they're actually near the end of play testing yeah, <laughs> i've got a deadline relatable. at the end of the year basically so mm -hmm. we better be you know i've got an editor lined up to look at this but um <clears throat> in recent versions the the rules have stabilized for quite a long time now like in terms of the basics but it's 
at this point, it's me resisting my temptation to add more mechanics in and add different things that people can do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because every playtest fills me with so many ideas. Every playtest I come away and I'm like, oh, and you could do this and you could do this and you could do this and ah. And it's very hard to sort of be like, okay, but at this point, we need to scale back and just try and solidify and just do the things that that really add value and take out things that don't. So tricky bits recently, things like um, just some mechanics that weren't as interesting as they could be that needed mm -hmm. like improving, like alliances. Initially, it was as simple as if you're in an alliance with somebody, then you get a boost to your challenge role. Mm -hmm. But playing that out, that was a little bit, mm, bit dull. You know, you yeah. just go up to a play and be like, alliance and there's no downside to it so they're like yeah sure. why not yeah um, which is like mm, I was like okay I mean that's fine but it's not really adding anything so I had to go away and really think about how those things function in the original medium like how do alliances genuinely function um on a tv show do they actually yeah. work do they actually are they an essential part of the genre or are they just something that I threw in just because it was an idea and I wanted to see if it would play out. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, recent addition in this version is um, creating. So there's this scale of drama <clears throat> and depending on what score you currently have, you have a status. So you might be mm -hmm. relatable or toxic or a breakout star. I added a new status recently that's like the highest level of toxic called a villain edit. Um, <laughs> where <clears throat> you are you have similar bonuses to the breakout star up until the very end of the campaign so it's kind of you are it's mirroring the way that villains on reality competition shows are kind of protected by a mm -hmm. bit of plot armor because yeah. you see it sometimes where producers are making a calculation let's leave this person in because they're good quality tv yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. That's the idea behind that. But your chances yeah. of winning are much lower if you've not behaved well. Um, well, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, things like that. Enough. Well, that sounds, <laughs> it all sounds very exciting. Um, if people are kind of interested and, and want to support Drama Llamas, obviously a really good way is to go to the Kickstarter and be notified when it's going to launch. Are there any other things people can do um, or where they can follow you <laughs> to, to learn more about it? Um. So if you go to uh, buttonkin.com, there are links to subscribe to the newsletter, mm -hmm. um, links to our existing games. Um, I think subscribing to the newsletter is great because you'll be updated about, you know, the development yeah. process as it's going along and how things are going. And, um, you know, subscribing to the Kickstarter page as well to be notified when it goes live is definitely a massive step and really helps me in terms of having confidence in the project going forward you know the more yeah. people who uh take an interest at this stage you know uh yeah just very heartening to see those numbers we crossed 150 people like the other day and i know those are like small numbers to a lot of people for an indie creator doing their first kickstarter that's very reassuring and lovely to mm -hmm. see so thank you to everyone who's followed so far <laughs> um but yeah newsletter follows if you want to know more about what I'm up to. Um, I'm also on Twitter, obviously, on Butterkin, Buttonkin and uh, Everest DMs, I believe is my Twitter handle still, <laughs> uh, for as long as Twitter lasts. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. 
Okay, awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's great to hear. And is there anything about uh, drama llamas that you want to kind of talk about and share that I haven't given you the chance to yet or that, that you've forgotten to mention? Uh, Let me think. I think the key things for me, I think we covered it. I think it's just a really fun game that is designed to play a couple of hour sessions with your friends, play mm-hmm. as a campaign, play as a one shot super simple to prep, easy to build a character, and then just really fun stories to play out. So Mm. I've been having a blast playtesting it, and I can't wait for people to play with this themselves. I can't wait to have a play as well. I'm really excited about it. I've I've subscribed on the on the Kickstarter, so I'll be keeping an eye out for when it um, when it goes live next year. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing Drama Llamas with us. Uh, before you go, I do always ask for recommendations of tabletop RPGs from people. Uh, the rules are it can't be a game you've made and it can't be Dungeons and Dragons. So do you have any <laughs> indie tabletop RPGs you'd like to, to recommend and share with us? Oh, let me see. So many. Um, I've mentioned Brindlewood Bay. I had a great mm-hmm. time playing that recently. and uh, It's been a big uh, inspiration to me. I mentioned Honey Heist earlier, which I got to play a bit of recently. Great yep. fun, super simple. I saw that you uh, interviewed the folks who did Orbital Blues as well, which was yes. a tabletop role playing game. Oh, I had such a good time just reading that book. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you pick up tabletop books and you kind of mm-hmm. look at them, look at the art, go, ooh, ooh, this would be good to play. And I like the vibe of this. I read that thing cover to cover. Like, it's so good. Love that. Um, Love the whole atmosphere and vibe of that game. Mm -hmm. Been playing a lot of Monster of the Week with a group of friends who played a uh, a goth rock band touring the country and fighting monsters, which was pretty cool. Yeah, Monster Uh, of the Week is our guest we had on just last week as well. So uh, (laughs) Really? I haven't watched that one yet. I'll have to watch that one. Fabulous. Um, So good. so yeah, so a lot of the recommendations there are people we've had on the show. So we'll link them in the show notes below. So if you are interested in hearing more about those and having those creators interviewed, you can uh, listen to us on here on Not D&D. But I think that is bringing us up to the end of our time. Uh, so Everest, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. And uh, best of luck for Drama Llamas. I'm really excited to see it on Kickstarter next year. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, good to see, speak to you. All right, bye.